Well, this has been great, but I have a thing I have to get to, so... Yes, it is past the appointed time. Thank you students for your flexibility in meeting today and your insightful comments on volume 38. Thanks everyone, uh, good to hear from yes, you all. I have enjoyed this discussion yeah. immensely. Stay uh, safe. Yeah, uh, thanks to you. Uh, thank you, TA. All right, us. take care. Take buddy. it easy, or so. Let's Stay make safe. sure to send get well wishes to Professor Bradley. I will ensure that Professor Leon receives the recording of our discussion today. Thank you, Urso. Stay safe. Wait, Goodbye. What, what did we just discuss? Well, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for a break in the rain. Waiting for the moment to change your lane. I came home from the wasteland. Heroic and triumphant. Okay, I will admit, for the sake of fairness, that I did really think that Ursuline's whole background that she gave about the history of Andalite feminist movements was really cool and interesting. It was a lot of info I didn't know. But, like, other than that... (laughs) I would love to have just gotten her take on that at at some other time without... Is Ursa gonna... Does Ursa actually have a thing that she's giving to, or, like... I can text her. If you want. I don't know. She might actually have something to do. Well, she also, like, like, I think she said her computer's been running kind of slow, so it might just be taking her a sec to boot up the chat. Hi. (laughs) Oh, hey, good. Okay, cool. uh, (laughs) I wasn't sure if you actually had a thing or not, or you were just trying to be like, no, God, let us free. Okay. Uh, yeah, we just talked for an hour oh and a half about this journal that is fake and sucks, and now we're gonna hang out and talk about it again. And Ersa's just like, nope. Nope. <laughs> so scale of one to ten, how good did I do at sort of being convincing about <laughs> the idea that I did read the second version of thirty eight that appeared after? I gotta be Parker. I gotta break it to you. That was like a four out of ten. I couldn't be more honest. I, I just was not paying attention, like, at all that entire class. I'll take a 4 out of 10, honestly. Like, I don't even... I don't even... I tuned in, like, just long enough to say, like, one thing to prove that I was paying attention, and then I was just sewing the rest of the time. Just, I was so angry, I had to literally mute myself. I felt like I should have said something in the moment. You don't want to say something in the moment, though. Like, that's just gonna go... I know! Way. I just... It just made me so mad. I contemplated muting myself and putting a scotch bonnet in my mouth and just, like, trying to (laughs) proceed as though things were normal. There'd at least be a fun challenge. This book is so messed up. I had written so many notes ready to, like, discuss, like, hey, wait, is there, like, an actual intersection between the crazy, weird, messed up stuff that happens in our books versus whatever the class has been reading? And I was like, maybe we can confront that today. No. No. 
there was no opportunity for that. It was just... I'm pretty sure we would straight up get taken out back and shot if we talked about the book we read in the actual... <sighs> yeah, I do want to talk about it today, though, which is why I... I mean, yeah. yeah, if you prepare notes and stuff, then I guess, like... I have so many notes, and they were all wasted. Well, let's talk about the actual one. Said this to Professor Leon, wherever he's laid up with whatever yeah. mysterious illness or injury that he seems to have uh, oh sort God. of contracted <laughs> on the exact day that we were supposed to read this most controversial mm-hmm. journals. I just want to say, besides all the notes that I prepared for the version that we read, I did also come up with a really funny joke that I couldn't actually use in the class discussion. Whichever one of you wants to chime in, I'm going to ask a question. I want I want one of you to reply oh with yes, of course. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I know I already sent you this joke, but I have to say it because it's so funny to okay. me. You need a yes, of course. I can give you a yes, of course. Okay, okay. Do you think Estrid Coral Durath had girl power? Yes, of course. Do you think she effectively utilized girl power by engineering a prion virus to wipe out every year on Earth, potentially crossing over to additionally wipe out all of humanity? (laughs) (laughs) Real girl boss hours. What is that from? (laughs) Hashtag girl boss. Did you just come up with that? Is that from something? No, it's a meme. It's a meme. My favorite moment from this journal is at the beginning where Mr. King is like, oh, cool, you're here. We can leave now. And everyone's like, actually, you have to keep pretending to be like, beat the heck up. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's talk about. Yeah, I do feel the need to get into the like extreme bad state of society this book represents (gasps) for us. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Genocide 2, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) That's good. To Genocide Too Fast. Genocide 2, Black Ops. um, Because it's it's a black op. Yeah, yeah, it is. (sighs) Anyway, so this is like, obviously, yes, there's the whole messed up, ah, genocide thing. Um, But one thing that I noticed before we got into the ah, genocide section that I thought was really interesting and also really thematic for this whole book, is that, so in the beginning, Axe is talking about how he sees, like, some human controllers. He calls them humans at first, and then makes sure to make the distinction they are actually human controllers, and they're controlled by Yerks, and they're fine. They're great people, probably. I mean, for all we know, they're not, but, like, whatever, you know. They're human controllers. This but is a then, distinction that has never been made about the hork Bajir, except other That's than exactly what I was saying! Thanks for interrupting me and stealing my point, Parker! I'm sorry! I didn't think I would hear you come to the defense of the hork Bajir. That's oh my, my job. Well, that's what I was saying, is then, like, a few minutes later, some hork Bajir show up, and he just calls them hork Bajir, even yeah, though they, they are also controllers. Yeah, they always do that. Even the, and, you know, you, you would think the defense would be like, oh, well, it's because all the hork Bajir are controllers, but that's no longer true, because now now there's the whole free hork movement, like, in the mountains. And it's just, like, he still has this sense of superiority. And he's been exposed to humans enough that he's, like, kind of, I think, willing to make, like, one exception, you know? It's, like... Because he's, like, human friends, you know? Yeah! It's it's the whole, like, well, I have a gay friend kind of thing, you know? <laughs> it's, like, well, I can't be are humans, homophobic. I have a are gay humans friend. the gay people of the galaxy? <laughs> yes, <laughs> next question. These are my token human friends. <laughs> They are! They are Axe's token human friends! (laughs) I'm Maximilius Garuthis Thiel, and I'm going to tokenize an entire species! He does! Yeah, he basically does in this book. It's such a small moment, but I think it's really telling for the rest of the book and the whole, like, oh, it's no big deal if we unleash this bioweapon that has the potential to cross over into humans and kill all humans. 
because it's they're just humans you know they're just this other species yeah and like axe is specifically chill with humans and down with humans because he has his token human friends but he still has the andalite sense of superiority towards other species because he's not making the same judgment calls and the same distinctions when it comes to other species that are also controllers this really reminds me of the people in this particular era it's like it happens in most eras, but like the the example that is timely, I did a little bit of research on this. The example that's timely for this book is like in this particular era of history. This this reminds me of environmentalists who were like, "Oh, I did environmentalists save the whales, and all of those other animals are bad, but we're going to save the pandas." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it's people who are like, "Oh, yeah, I'm okay with uh, I'm okay with." Saving the cute animals, but like, but not the slimy giant salamander or whatever. Kill right, all the mosquitoes, exactly. you know, like kill all the mosquitoes. I think mosquitoes are actually an important part of the food chain. Yeah, They're incredibly important Everything part of the food is. chain. So that point dovetails into something that I wanted to talk about when we were going to talk about this book in a in a scholarly context, which was the idea that um, would you ever sort of imply the... that T. A. Indras was not a scholarly individual and would facilitate <sighs> any kind of discussion that wasn't completely legitimate? And and honest why would you imply anything Andress. like that you know how our our ongoing thing of like comparing andalites to anime villains ta andros has the exact vibes of like the anime villain who like pushes their glasses up their nose and then their glasses like go <laughs> opaque and shine totally that's his vibe the only problem with this is that if ta andros actually attempted this the glasses would just fall off of his face because his nose if an So, Cassandra, that point plays into the thing that I found most captivating about this ridiculous, gut-wrenching book, which is sort of Axe's emotional journey through it. The sort of wake-up call that this is for Axe and us seeing that, like... I'm gonna skip ahead to the end. So, chapter 23, Axe says, uh, It, referring to the plan to exterminate the Hork-Bajir with a bioweapon, It was a crime that seared the conscience of all Andalites. It was an evil so profound that we would never be free of its taint. And now, again? Again? So, Axe is obviously horrified by this, consider that Axe might not be aware of, like, what most Andalites think anymore. Perhaps that in the time that he was away on the dome ship and then submerged under the waters of our wonderful blue planet, consider that, like, in that time, there's just been a shift in the Andalite zeitgeist. I think... it's probably only been a year. Yeah, I think the Andalite zeitgeist is (laughs) well past wherever Axe thinks it is. He keeps doing this thing that the human components of the Animorphs, the human savior teens, do all of the time that I find really irritating and that, like, nobody seems to call them on, which is referring to sort of extraterrestrial cultures like, sort of within themselves as, like, a monolith. Like, he keeps referring to Andalite culture as a monolith, which definitely echoes the way that I looked at humans when I was growing up. Like, I sort of operated under the assumption growing up that, like, people were generally like me and that people had more similarities than differences. My parents had, like, an album of, like, multicultural Rafi music that they played for me. So I was Raffi like, oh, also people are different in my around household. the world. A Rafi, a Rafi, gooly, 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 ram, sam, sam, a ram, sam, sam, a ram, sam, sam, gooly, gooly, not familiar gooly, with that gooly, one. Gooly, ram, sam, sam. I do know the Baby Beluga song. <laughs> I also know the Baby Beluga song. Anyway, shout out to Rafi for being the several hundred year old catalyst that inspired us all in our adult lives to take a history class because we all 
all grew up on archaic music. If you look at the way that he thinks about the way that Andalites think about the bioweapon, like, the closest human equivalent in this case is nuclear weapons, right? There are a lot of human beings who are like, uh, we should never let the things that happened at Hiroshima and Nagasaki ever happen again, ever. They shouldn't have even happened in the first place. Right, yeah, exactly. You've got a like, lot of people who think that. I mean, this is the... <sighs> Not to get into... You sounded like someone cranking a lawnmower. <laughs> I heard like a like a wind-up toy car, like, vroom, like if you picked it up off the ground. That's what I heard. Anyways, sorry, Erso, continue. We're going to both shut up and we're both going to let Erso talk. Mm-hmm. I have my hand over my mouth. Part of what's so scary is that we see Visser 1 witness these kinds of events, and that's part of what makes her into the person that she is. Spoilers for Visser. <laughs> <laughs> Axe doesn't That's see this fine. stuff. He doesn't think that anyone is capable of this. And he doesn't he also doesn't understand the intention of councils or governments, human or otherwise. And their intention is not to uphold some sense of honor that he or Elfanger stands for. And we know that now. Like we have like I don't I didn't read this book growing up. So that's part of the reason I'm absolutely pissed this week is because I mean this changes the game. It's real because they didn't talk about it. And everything this whole semester, last semester we have been saying, "Oh, maybe this is true. Maybe this isn't true. Things are being kept from us." The truth is out there. Amen, sister. I I knew on some level that that had to be true to a certain degree, but I think what makes me even more angry is that I look up to all these characters so much, and I don't know, I guess the fact that they're fallible in, on some level, not that they, like, do bad things themselves, I kind of knew that, but, like, I don't know, the fact that they support some structure of inequality and horrible decision making from their governments or otherwise it just it hurts i don't know look what they did to my boy at least axe does not like estrid very much at all which is nice <laughs> as he stated very clearly <laughs> i did think it was a little bit funny throughout the book where he's like what is this feeling do i like her no i don't like her actually <laughs> i do not like you very her. much estrid i'm sorry <laughs> yeah the classic sort of like sexist of acts not to like this girl boss oh my god the, oh my god no it, no this is the classic thing where you're uh you've been forcibly isolated from your people and then you finally meet one of them and you're like wait is have i immediately fallen in love or is this just <laughs> that's gonna that's what it's gonna be like when i get out of gay quarantine and then you hang out with other gays yeah <laughs> and i meet up with people it's like who the are first time again. you go to gsa and there's like one semi-attractive fellow gay at gsa and you're like <gasps> i'm in love <laughs> never mind you're Not just like, like having vapors over your own pheromones being like <laughs> someone who's even a little bit like me yeah yeah and it completely clouds your judgment and i i don't know watching axe realize that was gratifying to me because i i don't know to be fair i do think on some level axe appreciates getting beaten in a tail fight mm. <laughs> well i mean he didn't oh almost beaten you know what i'm saying almost yeah he got no he bad. didn't he didn't lose because he can't lose because he's a male. Yeah, because he's not a female. <laughs> he's not a Untrained. Female. So I know we were talking about how, like, yeah, this book is probably mostly true, but how much do you want to bet, like, the one thing that's edited is the axe did actually lose that fight? Oh, oh absolutely he lost that fight. <laughs> yeah. Because he was fighting a real girl boss. Yeah. 
Do you think estrogen? I'm gonna run the girl boss joke into the ground. Oh Sorry. I can't, I can't, I can't handle us calling her a girl boss. Girl power. I want you to know that, because you can't see me, I want you to know that every time I'm doing that, I am doing a peace sign. Oh my god. God. Terrible. It's in your voice. <laughs> girl power. Hashtag girl power. I mean, I'm into girl power. I'm just not into girl power for the purpose of doing bad things. Um. <laughs> I gotta say, one thing that really ground my goat was when Rachel says, no more Geneva Convention warfare. Like, oh yeah, Rachel, you've been following the Geneva Convention in the first place. Let me let me just read something really quick. I, like, looked this up. The receipts. In case. <clears throat> this is, like, number seven on this list. Parties to a conflict shall at all times distinguish between the civilian population and combatants in order to spare civilian population and property. Neither the civilian population as such nor civilian persons shall be the object of attack. Attacks shall be directed solely against military objectives. Blah, blah, but the Yerks did it first, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't care. But the Yerks are here, and the fact that they're here makes them an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, no. Point number five uh, includes no one shall be subjected to physical or mental torture, corporal punishment, or cruel or degrading treatment, such as, you know, torturing a yerk to death in your brain for three days, for example. Or torturing your hawk boy, your sweet precious hawk boy, until he has PTSD for the rest of his yeah. life. Well, I'm specifically calling out the animorphs here. Like, yes, the yerks, old, I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah, the yerks totally followed the Geneva Convention, a thing that they definitely know and care about. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, the Rachel, physically, literally, Rachel, you cannot say anything about how you've been, like, doing Geneva Convention warfare before this or whatever. You haven't been following But the Geneva it. Convention only applies to humans. Physically, literally, Rachel. The Animorph Story by Rachel Animorph. From now on, I'm doing it my way. No more Geneva Convention warfare. If I'm going down, I'm taking out all the years I came before. Go you've already slaughtered countless civilians, Rachel! <laughs> But she's utilizing that girl boss energy. Mm-hmm. Look how cool she is mm-hmm. when she morphs into bear and slashes up a bunch of people. Such girl power. Wow. Very girl power. Very girl power. Very Such girl, girl power. boss. Such, fe- such wow. feminism. I'm trying not to get hung up on the animorphs didn't follow the Geneva Conventions because they were engaging in unconventional warfare and the fact and like we can't judge them on the same sort of like by the I'm same standards them. that we can you you can or what? I I'm that. judging them. Yeah, I know that you are. I'm not going to get into it right now because we've had this conversation like 600,000 times. On the topic of girl boss stuff, though, I think <laughs> it is really frustrating that the... What is this? Aside from aside from Aldria, this is the first female Andalite that we've ever seen. And she's like a, a horrible war criminal or like associate to a horrible war criminal. It's just really frustrating because like... For the gender and sex equality movement of Andalites, this is really frustrating. The only way that you can enter a monstrous institution is to become a monster yourself. I guess so. Like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see historical examples of Andalite women succeeding in the Andalite hierarchy. I, I just want to see more examples of them because, like... Just, they're just not represented. I'm pretty sure that's another one of the history electives they're offering this semester, but I didn't take it. Maybe I should be taking that class instead of this stupid garbage pile. It was a good class at one point. 
last semester. This semester's been yeah very off the rails. Got that good, good and the light surveillance, baby. Mm-hmm. They can't detect us here, though. We can say whatever we want here. Okay, go. Say whatever you want. Titty. Um. Uh, uh, Three, two, uh, one, go. (laughs) The pressure. I feel like you've just asked me to name a woman. (laughs) For one dollar, name a war crime. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, Estrid's Vice is M&M's, I forgot. Estrid's Vice is M&M's, and then they bond over jelly beans, and they have the worst kiss in any documentary. (laughs) The worst kiss in any documentary. Does anyone else notice how Rachel and Marco are always so excited to pretend to break up the team because they just... (laughs) Rachel and Marco were wasted as Animorphs. They should have been theater kids. They're so excited to go ape at any given time. I think both of them really appreciate the chance to, like, be mean and have it be okay. Like, they're supposed to be mean. Because I think they're both kind of fairly insightful about their teammates, but, like, specifically in a negative way. Um, So I think they're both really excited to be like, ooh, I get to say all these nasty things I've noticed about my teammates, but it's for a good cause. Yeah, oh my god. Whereas Cassie, after this event, was probably like, hey, everybody I need a big group hug real quick because it was really emotionally taxing yeah. for me to pretend to break up yeah. with all of you. <laughs> like, Which is me. That's also me. I wouldn't be surprised if with stuff like this, Cassie is kind of the one who gives them like their prompts mm-hmm. because she is like the most emotionally insightful one. Yep. And I think she is probably the one who's like, if the team breaks up, it's going to go down like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cassie like thought spoke to them like, okay, you need to be like angry at this person about that. You need to be angry about that. You need to say this. You need to say that. Especially considering it's like the third time they've done this. Yeah. Yes. I was reading it and I didn't remember this journal very well. And I was reading it and I, I think I might have even written it in my notes that I sent to you. I was like, oh no, this is so sad. They're just disintegrating. And then like five minutes later, I was like, wait, this is, a, this is a ruse. They're doing it again. I fell for it, even though they've done it like multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel really jumped at the opportunity to just absolutely destroy that McDonald's or whatever. I'm through right? taking like, orders from you, she said through clenched teeth. I'm through with Marco and his stupid jokes. I'm through with Cassie's hypocrisy. She lifted her fist and punched a lantern from a hook. The glass splintered and it fell down to the ground. I'm through with all of you, she hissed and stormed off into the barn. From now I'm the girl boss. <laughs> girl boss versus girl boss. It is Rachel, I told Estrid sadly. The angry, the angry one. one. Oh. <laughs> Rachel was probably just like in thought speak, like, hey, actually, it would be really funny if you call me the angry one. You should call me the angry one. And Astrid's like, I do not understand, Rachel. Why would it be funny if I call you the angry one? Because it's true and it would be really funny. Just do it. <laughs> All right, Rachel, if you insist, I must admit, you humans know more of falsehoods and trickery than we noble Andalites. Axe, shut up! <laughs> the, the fun fact Almanac says that humor is based off subverting expectations, so why would me <laughs> saying something that's true about you be funny? Axe, that's so rude! <laughs> that's how my sister You asks. just, except you just said, oh no, I've committed a faux pas. Axe, you need to understand that sometimes... The humor comes in saying the truth. Bluntly. 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 So that's where we're at. That's where my brain's at right now. I mean, we spent like an hour and a half being like a good little citizen. So I'm just kind of brain mush. Yeah. Who wants to talk about bio warfare? 
No. Uh, prions aren't viruses, but... Yeah, right! I was sitting here like, prions aren't viruses, they Prions are misfolded proteins. They're not oh, I didn't know viruses. that, actually. Yeah, I'm so glad you didn't know things about science. Well, one of my moms is a biologist, so that's like the only reason I know any of this. All right. Because I'm not a biologist. I'm in pre-med, which is why I know. Oh, yeah, you would know. Yeah. You know, mad cow disease, that's a prion. My guess is that the reason it's called, like, a prion virus is because they don't want to, like, make it clear what it actually is because they don't want anyone to, like, reverse engineer it. Um, so it's probably something completely unrelated to prions or viruses. The prion gets into your brain and breaks <laughs> apart your brain cells, which create viral <laughs> particles, and then those viral particles also explode into a bunch of little guns that shoot more prions. <laughs> Let me just send you an emoji that I think really uh, sums up how I feel about what you just said. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a virus because I feel like viruses usually like spread pretty well. I was going to say, maybe the, the virus is transmitting the prion particles. No, or... I don't think that's how it works. Okay. Because I would assume, how big are prions? Because viruses are really small, right? Mm, I don't know how big they are, but they're, com they're complicated. They're, viruses are definitely smaller than prions. Yeah, viruses are small and simple usually, yeah. right? Whereas prions, like... The... Prions are large and complicated. Yeah. New gender binary just dropped. <laughs> Ooh. Are large and complicated. Um, the end, like, council, they went and tried to kill the Hork-Bajir. Like, do they have no remorse or is it their goal to wipe out other species? Hmm? That's a really interesting read. I admit, I, I had kind of been reading it more as just they suck. But maybe they are actively, at this point in history, and possibly now, trying to just genocide everyone. Like, I feel like the level of cover-up that goes into it, and the fact that it's happened more than one time, I don't think they just suck. What are your thoughts, Parker? Axe does a lot of speculating about what the Andalite Council has been up to and what they're thinking in Chapter 23, but the only documentation of what they might actually be doing that we get in this is Estrid's counterpoints to his argument of, hey, genocide is bad, actually. <laughs> She says, the universe is a vast place, Aximilius Caruthi Steel. We cannot afford to be sentimental about one species Sentimental. Oh, and then there's a typo and it repeats that sentence. There is too much at stake. If you only understood the elegancy of the equations, if you could grasp the mathematical beauty, we are on the verge of deploying a weapon that once it is perfected, here's the bit, here's the bit, here's the big bit. What, uh, we are on the verge of deploying a weapon that once it is perfected will make us invulnerable. We will have absolute power throughout the galaxy. This is what I'm saying, right? Like, Yeah. In the space of like two minutes, I'm already on board with your theory that like, or your suggestion, I guess, that like maybe they are actually going for intentional genocide. But it's like, even if they're not, even if the, it's not an intentional thing, the fact that like multiple times their first option their first go-to, like, this is what, how we're going to handle, like, having a bunch of problems with this species or with this planet that the species is on or whatever, is genocide is, like, really fascist. Well, right, because the explanation in that situation is, well, they're better dead than being slaves to the Yerks and troops against us, which when, <laughs> like, you think about it for two more seconds, you're like... Hmm. hmm. Considering how much the Andalites like to pit themselves as, like, the preordained enemy to the Yurks in some grander sense than, like, they're not actually predator and prey, um, 
maybe the Andalites are using the Yerks as an excuse to get their own domination over the galaxy. Yeah. Anything of that. Hmm. I'm sure that there's a historical Earth example of, like, an empire being like, oops, we created, uh, oh, uh, yeah, this is, uh, it's the U.S.'s multiple wars in the Middle East around the, the early aughts. I keep saying, I keep saying the Andalites are space Americans. Like, oops, we accidentally created a, uh, a sort of hostile force that wants to kill us by giving them stuff that they shouldn't have. Uh, we're gonna use this as an excuse to do a colonialism and a genocide real quick, uh, and then reap a whole bunch of profit off of that, uh, which undoubtedly, you know, they're doing was maybe a little bit more explicit in Earth's historical case, but yeah. Do we just uncover a conspiracy? A real conspiracy? I don't... I keep saying! We'll have to see, uh, if Professor Leon recovers, what he recovered from... Yeah, should we talk to him about this, if he's alive? That would be... It's like, we've barely talked to him. Like, he gave us the documents, but it's... In this kind of environment, it's so scary to actually take that first plunge and be like, hey, so, like, is our government secretly being controlled by an alien government that wants to do fascism about us? I wish we could include him in the discussion. Well, we don't know where he is or what sort of malady has afflicted him. We'll just have to keep an eye on T.A. Indras and see uh, what sort of, I don't know, where things go from here. We'll try to find a secure channel to get in touch with Professor Bradley. Yeah. I-, I wish that retroactively we could have included him in the discussions. It's just frustrating. I mean, he's our professor, so I know that the dripping is obviously preventing us from having a more real class <laughs> structure, but... It just sucks, considering yeah. how serious all this stuff is. It would be nice to have an expert. And of course, if we were, you know, meeting in the middle of a park, maybe walking and keeping moving, it would be way harder to surveil us. Like, I know this is allegedly a secure channel that we're using, but like, is it? It's as secure as, it's as, secure as I can make it. Yeah. Well, thank you for setting that up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm going to go change into pajamas and eat a bunch of popcorn and watch a bad movie. Um... Because this was a day. Erso, I wasn't sure if you had, like, an actual thing that you had to get to or not, but I'm happy that you jumped on this for a bit no. to holler. Yeah, I was assuming we were the thing she had to get to. Oh, God. That was an hour and a half of my life. Like, that... Yeah. This sort of... I'm never getting that moment... hour and a half of my life back, and we have to keep doing it. This sort of random mandatory, like, oh, we're good to have everybody come in and discuss together. It's like, are you kidding me? These are not real. These books aren't real. What if we, what if I, I mean, obviously I'd get disappeared, but like, what if I was just like busted out with like, hey folks, these aren't real. Like, here's the real ones. you would definitely get sent to re-education and take it from me, re-education sucks. What did that entail? I don't want to get into it, but. Yeah. I, yeah, I did. Suffice it to say it needs to be avoided. Yeah. Um. For various reasons, I was kind of already on a watch list, so I have actually been to re-education, and it sucked. Um, I'm really glad that we, like, had the opportunity to sort of debrief together instead of just, like, having to sort of stomp away from the computer and, like, scream into a pillow. (laughs) We should be in textual communication on a secure channel to be able to, like, handle it better (laughs) next time. But the problem with that is, uh, like, last semester I was in another class. It was actually a Shakespeare class. 
with like three of my friends and we had exactly that kind of setup but the problem was it was so obvious to everyone else in the class that we had a group chat because we were constantly cracking up at like really inopportune <laughs> times i have like a, a non-academic book discussion to head to in like an hour so i have to go eat dinner now so yeah talking to y'all was okay. the uh the beautiful chocolate truffle on top of the <laughs> sandwich that was today so thank you for that i would not eat a truffle on a sandwich personally <laughs> no, I would not, but it's like, I would not it's eat that kind of sandwich ever. <laughs> it's the, it's the... <laughs> anyway, okay. bye everyone. Stay Go safe. Away. Stay yeah, stay safe, safe guys. See you later. Stay safe as we possibly can. The Morph Report is on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility, and we are paying someone to transcribe all of our episodes. We have a variety of tiers to choose from. Some of our tiers have some pretty juicy rewards. For example, if you pay enough money, you can even force us to watch the TV show and potentially read the other series by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant, Everworld. We would really love it if you would check us out and consider supporting us. Thank you. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You could follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there.